Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life and host of this podcast, Incredible Life Creator. And today my guest is Miss Kathy Bogan. Hey, Kathy. Hey, how are you, Kimberly? I am great. I am so excited to share you with everyone. So let me just read your short bio here. Okay. So Kathy Bogan, the roller coaster enthusiast of life. Riding the waves of uncertainty with an excited heart and a sprinkle of anxiety, but always ready for the thrilling drops and loop-de-loops that life has to offer. No control, no problem. Just sit back, throw your hands in the air, and enjoy this wild and unpredictable ride called life. That's quite an introduction there. So... Everybody wants to know you because you sound like that you're the fun person. So (laughs) tell us about you, how you started out, how you got to this exuberant spot in your life. Well, I've always been the the happy one, the one that always had the optimistic point of view. I was never a pessimist. And, uh, you know, it was um, my my life has been a roller coaster, but they're fun. You never know when that next loop to loop or that fall is going to happen. And you learn to ride the waves, basically. Uh, And as a childhood, uh, in my childhood, it wasn't the best. But when I was a child, I really didn't know that. (laughs) Isn't that a wonderful thing? (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, the the ignorance was bliss type of thing. Because, uh, you know, we did a lot of moving out of nowhere. My dad would just come home and say, pack up, we're moving. And uh, had gone to 22 different schools by the time I was a freshman. And you learn that making friends and having connections with people were really important and things weren't so important because whatever we could pack in the car is what we got to take, you know? So you really had to think, okay, this'll fit kind of, you know, and you pack that sucker full, but there were six of us kids plus my mom and dad. So, and we always had just a car. There was never a trailer or anything else that got to go with us. So, uh, it wasn't until I was probably in eighth grade and I spent the night with a friend and found out that they had been in that house all their life and never moved and had gone to the same school. And it's like, what? <laughs> People <laughs> actually do that? Um, but I made a lot of friends and I realized how important people really are in your life. You have to keep those connections. I still am connected with some people that I knew when I was in grade school, found them on if I hadn't had the internet and Facebook and everything else, I wouldn't even have known where they are. But we connected again like 20 years ago. And it's like, hey, I can't believe I found you. So people are important and, and being happy. You know, you have a choice, always have a choice of attitude. You can be optimistic and enthusiastic, or you can be a pessimist and negative. And I can't think of anybody that says, yeah, I have this great job. My boss is so negative all the time and just, you know, pessimistic and I just love it. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. They want that. Woohoo. This guy is exciting. He's great to his employees and, and everything. And that's that's what makes you stand out is the enthusiastic and the positive attitudes that you have and being able to choose the way you respond to things. Excuse me. <laughs> But if you if you choose happy, it doesn't mean that there isn't anything going on in your life that isn't happy. I mean, people end up in hospitals. You have people that may have passed. You have accidents. You have bills that you weren't expecting. I mean, all sorts of stuff. 
And uh, what got me turned around, I mean, like I said, I've always been happy and always wanted to please people. I, I'm a bit of an empath where I could always feel, you know, my. I know my mom used to say, I can't believe I would be sitting on the sofa thinking, I need a glass of water so bad and I'm so tired, I can't get up and I turn around and you'd be there holding the glass of water for me. And it's like, how did you know I wanted water? It's like, well, didn't you say so? She's like, no. <laughs> I do. It's like, oh, okay, well, you want water, right? She goes, well, yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> so I've always been kind of an empath where I can feel that. And uh, what really got me started on this path in trying to share and teach people how they can create habits of happy. You have, it's a habit. You have to know how to make that choice, stay positive and stay enthusiastic through all that and know that whatever's going on in a bad situation is temporary. How you respond to it is your choice. But if you choose to look at the bright side, uh, I love this author called, uh, his name is David Cottrell. Uh, there we go, David Cottrell. And Monday Morning Choices. Monday Morning Choices. And I love that because he always says things that you can start your week with and be positive about. And uh, the attitude is so important. And he gives an example of somebody that had to go to a third world country and sell shoes, see if the there was a market there to sell shoes. And two people went, one was positive, one was negative. And the guy that was a real negative guy came back and goes, there's no market there. He goes, so we wouldn't be able to sell any shoes at all. Nobody wears shoes there. And the other guy comes back and goes, oh my gosh, there is a market there. Nobody wears shoes. So we have the whole, you know, community to sell shoes to. So it's all the attitude, the, the positive attitude and the enthusiasm that's there. And about, she's it's been so long now, probably 15 years ago, my brother, who helps me some with my, my business, uh, was really down and out. And he just, he, he wanted to call it quits. And um, he called me up and said he was going to shoot himself. And it was like, oh, oh, no, you're not. You come out and you stay with me. And um, I tried everything. He did. Thank goodness. He did try to do that, but the gun misfired. So he didn't have any luck. Thank goodness. And he was meant to be. He knows what his purpose now is too. But when he came out, I couldn't get him to laugh. I couldn't get him to talk. I couldn't get him to smile. Nothing. So I drew these little stick friends that you <laughs> see there. I drew some that were doing a little cartwheel. And I said, everybody deserves a woohoo moment. And I showed it to him and he went, oh my gosh, I love it. And it just, he just started laughing and smiling. I went, oh my gosh. And it made me feel so good that I did something that made him smile. And he goes, well, we need to get this out to everybody. It's like, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had intended it to just be for him, but it's like, okay. And so we were going to start a little company and then he had a heart attack and this is like his fourth heart attack so he had been in bad shape anyway and uh, he came back to I was in Nashville he came back to Phoenix to see his doctor got another stint put in uh, ended up with a pacemaker uh, because it was so bad and then he was going to come back well two years later he finally was starting on his way back so he could maybe do a business and on his way back he got t-boned by 18 wheeler and uh, his 
chuckled down a hill and they left him for dead. I mean, they didn't think he was alive. And it's like, I kept calling and going, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? About two weeks later, he goes, sorry, I've been in the hospital in a coma. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you could call me and let me know that. So anyway, he ended up in Florida and never did come back to Nashville and we just kind of let it die. Um, and then when we, I came back here because during that during that time, I had a daughter-in-law pass away at 43 with cancer. My mom had passed away. I had a heart attack and had to have a step put in. And I thought, it's time to come home. So I came home uh, to Phoenix and uh, then I had another heart attack. And had that taken care of. And then I had some other major surgery that had to be done. And then the COVID hit. And it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, it's time for everybody to get happy. We have to do this. Somebody has to be happy. This has to happen. So my brother calls up like a day later, goes, Hey sis, you want to start that happiness stuff again? I think we really need it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we do. We were on the same page. So we started it. I was going to do all sorts of stuff. Um we were going to do t-shirts and things and that just didn't work because as I was talking to people and started telling them how how it's a choice of ours we can be happy no matter what and I started making little journals and I did things like this inspirations and little journals and I had my stick friends on them as well and all of a sudden this was important and the t-shirts weren't and the people asked me can you can you talk about this it's like uh sure I I guess I you know I really don't tell my story much but yeah and uh and then all of a sudden I had these happy workshops they're called habits of happy because it is sharing knowledge and learning to create habits of happy and knowing that you have that choice you know if you want to be grumpy go ahead I can't I can't help you (laughs) <laughs> I had a person I've had a couple of people in two years I, I've had two I had one lady said happiness I don't want to be happy unless you can make me young again it's like okay um I can't do that I have I have no I have no magic powers to make you young again <laughs> they talk a lot to the elderly at, at the retirement centers and it was like I that really caught me off guard it's like I don't, I don't even know what to say to you. And then I had another gal said, I don't even want to be happy. It's like, okay. Um, why? She goes, cause I just don't want to, but she wouldn't come to my happiness workshops, but she kept listening at the doorway when I was there. And after <laughs> about four of them, she started coming in and sitting at the back and now she's part of the group. <laughs> so she did want to be happy. She just didn't want to listen to it. um, So that's kind of where I made my pivot because, you know, I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma and I love life. I love my kids, my grandkids, but I love people too. And I love to, to bring a smile and, and choosing happiness is really, um, it's hard in some ways because you have to make that choice, but it's, it's a ripple effect. If you make somebody smile or giggle, you can't help but smile and giggle too. And it's like this ripple you know, that just keeps going on the, the kindness and things that you can do that are so simple and make such a big difference in people's lives. You know, they, they may have woke up on the wrong side of the bed and they just don't want anything to do with anything. But all you have to do is smile, say hi and walk on. 
and it makes them think. It's like, wait a minute, what's she smart? You know, what is she smart? Okay, you know, or or learn that you if you ask how people are, how are you, and you stop and listen to them tell you how they are. Uh, it's a it's a fabulous thing. It's fantastic, and it's all woohoo moments. Everybody does deserve a woohoo moment. So it's that aha. You know, savor those moments that you have in life and bring them to the those those wonderful memories and, and everything. Every time I do a workshop, it's all about uh, habits of happy, but each month is different. You can you can find out what smells make you happy, what sounds make you happy, savoring moments makes you happy. You know, there's all different venues of the the happiness circle there that you can you can learn and incorporate in your life you know one of the biggest things that will make you happy is not only gratitude but just writing three things down a day that's all you need is three things a day and they don't have to be this huge oh my gosh you know I just won the lotto or anything like that one of my first one every day is when I wake up it's like woohoo I'm still here I'm still here (laughs) (laughs) yay that's my first one every day and then from there, it's a piece of cake. You know, whatever happens, whether it's good or bad in, in the day, doesn't make a difference. It's, it's um, you learn how to deal with it. You know, you walk out, you may have a flat tire. You walk out and the battery's dead. That's not going to start the day off good for you. But, you know, you have a choice to go, hey, you know, <laughs> maybe there's an accident on the road or something and I'm not supposed to leave yet. I have found that out a lot of times when you... Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the oh, I can't believe I this happened. And then you hear on the news or you the path that you take, you find out the ambulance is just now leaving because there had been an accident, you know, and you're going, Oh man, I could have been there. And uh, you know, you just have to look at all the good stuff. Yeah. You feel better when you do. Oh, you do, absolutely. You make somebody smile and it makes your heart feel good. So that those random acts of kindness are just awesome. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to the beginning where you were talking about growing up and moving 22 times. <laughs> oh, my dad slowed down. My my sister had moved like 33 times by the time she was a freshman. He he got slower as he got older. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I think there's a key learning here. And that okay. is moving that many times and being the new kid oh, at, the at school every time what is your best advice on making friendships quickly finding the right friendships once you get there because you're the you're the new person and you know some people are going to be curious like who is this some people are going to be like she's not part of the group so she can't get in you know (laughs) so what is your best advice in actually making friends when you have to be that new person or you're in new situations all the time well, and see that uh, I'll answer how I can best, but that wasn't hard for me because I loved, I just loved people. And so when I got, you know, in second grade, I went to three different schools in two different states. So, I mean, I was new, new and new. And um, I always, there was always somebody and I don't know how, but there was always somebody that would either look at me in a in a friendly way or say hi or whatever and I would we would connect and then from there you could connect again but I I never was a a very outward you know 
hey, how are you? What's your name? That kind of stuff when I was a kid. But I always was uh, open to the friendships that were offered, I guess, would be the best way. You know, you'd, you you look around and you have people that were little cliques and would give you dirty looks and, you know, what are you doing here and who are you and uh, look at your clothes or whatever. I would never pay them any mind. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, those weren't the kind of people I wanted to be with. So I would always look for people that were just either hanging out by themselves too and say, hi, I'm Kathy, you know, and what's your name and just get a friendship going. I know there were lots of times, <laughs> I don't know why, um, there were people that, girls, not people, but the girls, especially the older ones. Like I remember in fourth grade, I don't know what I did, but there was this group of older, older girls. They were in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, they didn't like me and they would always they would always get me in the bathroom and try to beat me up. And, um, you know, I have four brothers. <laughs> my, my entire family was like in construction. So and we were raised on different farms. So I'm not a, a petite. Oh, that kind of I mean, I got big hands. I I, I was pretty tough. Um, one older brother, three younger brothers. So I I got to learn how to <laughs> and uh, but I didn't like to beat anybody up but I could make them afraid of me by uh, I, I there was one day I had long hair and they came in and they grabbed my hair and they were trying to spin me around him with my hair and I was just flying into the you know the stalls and the bathroom sinks and everything and it's like what why are you doing this to me and it's like, we don't like you. It's like, oh, you don't even know me. I'm not even in your grade. Why are you beating me up? And uh, thanks to my brothers, I grabbed the hand and I pulled the person down and headlocked her. So it's really good at headlocks. I was always good at headlocks. But it's like, look, leave me alone. I don't even know your name. I don't even know who you are. But if you do this again, I'm going to really beat you up which of course they never did, but it would scare them enough that they would leave me alone. So every once in a while, there were bad people. And, you know, trying to get out of that situation as a kid, especially not knowing why they didn't like you. Uh, I just really stayed away from those people. I, I really enjoyed school. I was a straight A student. I loved to learn. And you always found a, a group of girls that would just, you know, in, I know in high school, there was like seven of us and none of us liked the other cliques because they were so snotty. And we were we were the ones that loved school, loved loved the boys, loved the the school, and uh, liked to um, just have fun. You know, we played sports and we did this and did that. And you find people who have positive attitudes and are enthusiastic are like magnets to pull in other people that are positive and enthusiastic. So if you just bide your time a little bit, whoever is like you will become evident and you can just say, hi, you know, so what sport do you like or what do you like to do or whatever it might be? And it seems to just flow. And that was my experience. And I think it's probably because I had to meet so many new friends all the time uh, and, and uh, not know them. I never had like 20 or 30 friends. I always had a nice group of four or five friends that we all hung out and played and, you know, played sports, played whatever. And uh, I liked all my friends, you know, they were, they were good people. And I think you attract, you attract what you are. 
your attitude towards somebody is the attitude that you're going to spread. So you want to make sure that you have a good attitude and positive, and that's what you're going to pull in. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah. So uh, this is kind of an add-on to that question, but, you know, so you were going to all these schools, finally get to high school. I don't know how many high schools you had to go to. I only had to go to one because by then my dad had left <laughs> and my mom stayed in, stayed in a house. So okay. I got to go to one high school. So when you got to that point in your life where you were choosing who you were going to date or who you were going to marry, how, how did probably... you well, how did you <laughs> choose that person that could well, along with your happy? Well, you know, it's, um, I have kind of a background. I was married early and divorced young and then married again. I've been married now for 35 years. So the right guy. Mm -hmm. um, but when I married, I married young and it was really because I wanted to get out of the house. I was one of those people where I was so tired of the, even though my dad had finally left, my mom was struggling because she was a single mom and she had been a single mom half, half of our lives anyway with him gone. Um, because he would just up and leave too and never come back. Uh, and then three or four months later, he would come back. <laughs> and I, based on that, I have a story to tell you about angels in this world too. These kind of people are, are the ones that stayed with me in, in my lifetime. We were young. I was very young. I think I was probably, I don't even know if I was in kindergarten yet, but I remember this like yesterday. We had been living somewhere. I, I Okay. I remember things explicitly in some areas. I don't remember towns and places and things like that. We were somewhere in California and had been like three months somewhere. My dad had had a, a job at a farm that was at a different you know, city. Then he moved. We moved. And we lived in a hotel, one of those little apartment type of hotels, single story things. And we stayed there for three months. And then he took off. And uh, he had told us that he was going back to the farm. Well, he hadn't been there for three months. He never went back to work. And my mom was, you know, bless my mom. I don't know how she did half this stuff. It was my, I was probably days to like three or four days to get to where we had to go. And she thought he went back to that farm. So she went back to that farm and she had been driving nonstop for probably like 36 hours. I mean, she just, no, none of us knew how to drive. We were all young. And uh, we got there. All of our furniture was on the porch and at the dumpster so it could be taken away. Somebody else had been hired and lived there. And these people were angels, I swear. We came in, my mom and six of us kids. And she's like, what are you doing in my house? And that lady and that man said, no, this is where we live. She goes, no, it's not. My husband works. Here. I mean, she was just out of it. And they go, let's get you in bed so you can sleep. We'll feed you in the morning and we'll talk in the morning. And those people fed us, let us stay in their beds, talk to us. And the, they stayed, they let us stay for over a week while my grandpa, who lived in Phoenix, could travel up and come get us. And uh, they took care of us. They had a teenage son. That was just so much fun. He was showing us all around the farm and all that kind of stuff. So when my grandpa came, he, you know, they and my grandma, they came, they loaded up stuff in the truck and took us back. And and that was 
part of that journey. But those people I never forgot. I wish I knew their names, but I never forgot them. They were so nice. Uh, I mean, they they didn't try to call the cops or anything. They knew my mom was just so tired and overwhelmed with six kids and all this other kind of stuff. And they just took us in. It was it was like I don't know who they were, but they were there for a reason. And uh, so that kind of stuff was always going on. So by the time I was in high school, I was just kind of tired of my mom. <laughs> bless her heart I'm so sorry mom um but she was she was always a very negative person which is why I I think I turned out very positive because everything was wrong with her life and everything was wrong with her life but she couldn't let it go and become a positive person and choose things she just thought everything sucks this is a bad life you know nothing's ever going to get better and she was just always bitter and I thought no I don't I don't ever want to be that way so when I was in high school and somebody said, hey, I love you. Do you want to marry me? It's like, heck yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yes, I do. That sounds good to me. And so I did. And uh, he really wasn't the love of my life or anything like that. And we, we stayed married for 10 years. I had two kids with him. And and uh, the kids were definitely worth it. It was, it was you know, they're awesome. But uh, ended up uh, divorced for three years. And then I met my current husband, who I've been with for 35 years. And it's awesome. So, you know, there's there's just, uh, I think if you're trying to get away from a situation, and like I did, you really want to make sure that your choices are right. <laughs> That's why we have choices to make. Uh, had I sat back and just thought about things and, you know, but I was, I didn't have to get married. I got married at 17, but I didn't have to. I just wanted to. Uh, didn't have my first kid till I was 19. <laughs> so there was no have to there, but it was just, it was one of those things where I was at the point being a teenager. So like, I just want to get out of here. And uh, that was really not the right decision. And, you know, we can't change the past. I mean, we just can't, nothing can be changed. So you either learn from it or you uh, grow from it or you get bitter and, and uh, a negative person about it. And I just can't do that through all that. My kids are so awesome. I have, a, they are so awesome. And, they're just, uh, you know, a, a blessing to me. So that that was worth it, you know. And and I, I can't uh, fault my ex because I made that decision too. And um, so my my advice for anybody that's young and they want to get out of the house, just get out of the house. <laughs> get married <laughs> unless you just are in love with somebody. That would be it. Sorry, I have to get a drink. Well, you know, what's really interesting is how we use pain. We can use pain to get us motivated to move in a direction that we want to move in, or Mm -hmm. we can use pain as an excuse to not do anything, Mm -hmm. or we can get sitting like, you know, that example of the dog who's sitting on the nail and he's just howling. And somebody said, why is your dog howling? And he's not stopping. And the owner said, well, he'd get off the nail. He'd stop howling. He's sitting on this nail. So, I like you know, that. It's really critical how we use the pain in our life. So the pain can, can push us forward to the next level where we want to be, or the pain can push us down yeah. lower than, you know, like where your brother said, you know, I, I don't want to be here anymore. So obviously 
something in his life was too painful to handle. And so he mm -hmm. just wanted an out. So I think it's really right. important to look at pain and how, how we use it and be really aware of how we use it. And I agree with you 100% because pain is almost like a fear. You know, fear makes you do weird things too. Mm -hmm. And pain is the same way. And you can use it for negative or positive. And I think that, um, you know, I my I have a sister and she's older than me and her husband just passed away in August. And uh, she just, she's just overwhelmed. Everything just happened so fast. He wasn't sick and he died within two weeks after being in the hospital, just out of the blue. And that has taught me a lot about happiness in life and everything. The one thing that she has taught me that makes me laugh is because I, I really do care. I really do care about people. And when I ask how you're doing, I really want to know how you're doing, especially if I know you're going through something tough. And uh, when all this happened, I said, well, how are you doing? And she's like, if you ask me that again, I'm going to pop you. <laughs> she goes, My life is sucks. It just sucks right now. I, I, I don't know how I'm doing. And it made me think, you know, that this has taught me a lot through these last six weeks <laughs> with, all, with all this stuff that she's been going through. And it's like, you know, if if you don't know the person, you really want to be careful on asking them how they're doing because you don't know what's going on. And especially if they're they're bitter about something. Um, you know, I've met a lot of people in my life that have taught me to be more aware, more empathetic in, in things before you ask questions on on certain things or, or just the simple, how are you doing today? You know, don't make it so lighthearted because they may be really having a bad day and I learned this from her and I learned it from a, a gal that was my boss she was just so mean all the time it was like it was like that thing I just said you know this mean person this person oh yeah it's great to work here well no it wasn't mm -hmm. and I, I I was older I was in my 30s and and I had this and she was just awful so one day I got up the gumption to go have I made you mad about something? You know, did I do something that made you angry? And she's like, no, why? You know, and it's like, well, because you're not very nice. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you're not, you're so mean. And she's, she really didn't realize it. And she told me this, this horrific story about her son that just died uh, like two years. I mean, she'd been like that for like two years, but it was this horrible, horrible accident um, he worked at a machine shop and, uh, he was up on something where it cut and it cut his legs off and nobody could get to him in time. And he bled out and he was young. And I thought, oh my gosh, I might not be a very nice person if that just happened to my kid too. And, uh, so I heard her story and I thought, man, you know, she's still working. She still has a, the rest of her family to, to support and all this other kind of stuff. And I had to hand it to her for that. And I said, well, I mean, what do you even say? Obviously you're sorry, but it was, she actually took that and ran with it uh, legally, got OSHA involved and everything so that that wouldn't happen to anybody else again. Cause that machine shouldn't, should have shut off when whatever happened happened and he went up there. Uh, and, but it didn't, it kept going and it got him. And uh, so that was something that was um, a real eye-opening thing too, that you, you never know what their stories are. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Mm 
-hmm. And sometimes when I talk to my workshop people, I have so much fun because they're all elderly people. They're from like 80 to 102. (laughs) And when you ask them what makes them happy, the, the older ones, it's like, I'm just happy to be here. I mean, they are so, they are so thankful that they're that old and they still have a, you know, they can still think and they still have family. Some of them have had kids that passed away, but they, I mean, that always hurts. You don't, you don't deal with it. You accept it and get past it, but it's always there. And they're the first to tell you, man, my life has been good, even though I've lost this son or this daughter or whatever. And especially if they're 102, they've outlived everybody, you know, and it's, um, it's amazing. Their, their stories are so fascinating to listen to. And they all have little anecdotes and jokes that they tell me bad dad jokes is what they tell me, but they're so funny. You know, uh, I had a gal that was 93 the other day, tell me this story about a little joke. This is, she goes, so what does a janitor say when he comes out of his closet? It's like, uh, I don't know what she goes, supplies like oh okay that's cute but they're all so terrible they're just like that and uh but it's so fun listening to the elderly tell jokes like that and they just have a blast so listening to people and listening to their stories they have so much that they've been through that those are the people that have life knowledge you know and I hope that I have life knowledge that I can share with people as well and uh, you know I've taken courses and I'm a happiness coach and all this other kind of stuff but I don't think that means near as much as wanting to create habits for people or sharing how they can create habits to make their life happier every day exactly yeah and you know when you work working with these older people um the the word resilience comes up comes to mind you know that they're 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 still there they're still my you know in their own mind they're still Mm -hmm. thinking everything but gosh to get to 100 you have to be awfully resilient with all the things that can happen in life oh yeah and this one gal I met like three weeks ago was 102 and I there was this gal that came up to me with this shirt on she goes you notice my shirt it's like I, I just thought it was a cute shirt because had all these flowers. I said, well, yeah. She goes, well, did you read it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, and she was 99. And somebody had given her a shirt that said 19, see, since 1924, 19, whatever her date was, 1924, 99 years of perfection. <laughs> and I thought, that's really cute. I said, that's awesome. So when do you turn a hundred? That's going to be awesome to have that as a shirt. They need to get you one every year now. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> and, a great uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, it was really a cute shirt. So yeah, resilience definitely. And getting through things, making sure human connections are so important for the elderly too, because they lose their family members and friends and everything. And one of the things that will keep you happy is keeping connected. And one of the things is, is, um, writing something, just do a card, write something nice about somebody that is there with them and give it to them, mm-hmm. you know, and then share the story and why you, you know, uh, this one gal makes cookies for everybody. So 
like every day she brings home, she brings down fresh cookies and everybody loves them. They all love her for that. And so the, when I said, well, if you're going to do a card for her, what would you say? And everybody's like, thanks for the cookies. You know, <laughs> they are so happy. They taste so good. So there's always something there. You can, you can share uh, laughter, card games, memories, just bring it all in together and share it. You have to learn how to share those memories, those things that you have learned, the 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 connection with your friends is just keeps you going. It's very uh, well. It takes the stress off. It makes you you know you are resilient. You are uh, people notice when you care, and if you care, it, it could just be bringing a cup of coffee to somebody in the morning. You know, opening a door, helping them with their groceries, any little thing really is noticed in those kind of places, especially. Um, and there was, I, I had a little um, uh, gal the other day that was picking out little gifts for all her workers, as she called them, the people that work at the the, the diner and the people that cleaned her room and everything. Cause she goes, they never let me give them any tips, you know? And I think they deserve it because I, I they just take such good care of me. So she's buying all these little things. It's like, don't tell them, don't tell them. And they'd come by and she'd go here. You know, I mean, she made the day so fun. It was so much fun uh, having her do that. And she was just having a blast. So it's all the little things that really make people smile. That kindness that is the the ripple effect. And it was it just paying it forward and paying it forward. And you have no idea how many people you made smile by the one smile you gave that morning. Mm -hmm. That's so true. You know, so this has been a wonderful conversation, but uh, I would like people to actually be able to, you know, connect with you. So if people want to connect with you, um, I I know you have some, you know, you know, courses and things coming up. So at this point, just say, you know, what services, what things you have available happening right now and how can people connect with you? Okay. They can always go to my website. It's actually being redone right now, but it should be. It's, it's up and running, but there's not a lot on there, but you can still go there, see what I have, friends.com, S-T-I-K, there's no C in there, because we had to make it different, uh, but I do the workshops, stickfriends.com, mm -hmm. and uh, I do workshops, they can give me a call, I, I do have a, a work number that they can call, it's 480-253-9544. And we can just connect that way. And then I can set it up. I do uh, businesses that have employees that maybe they want to reinvent the wheel a little bit and make them happier where they are. I have all sorts. I do vendor events sometimes, um, but I do the little happiness journals. I do other little journals. I do cards. Uh, I make up my own cards. I have small ones. I have little, um, these are called junk journals. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> They're so much fun. Uh, and then I actually have a book coming out in November. Um, well, there it goes. These are some of my big cards that I do with my stick friends on it. Mm -hmm. Smile, happiness looks gorgeous on you. Everything is happy or inspirational, I'm hoping. And uh, at least it is in my mind. But I have this little book coming out for kids called Crutch. And <laughs> He's a little snail on crutches, 
And we're so excited. I am so excited about him. I did all the little, little illustrations in here. He's got all sorts of little stick friend guys uh, in there. He's going to swim. And the, the moral of the story is it doesn't matter if you have some kind of ailment or handicap or disabled in any way. You got friends. You got it made, man. You can make your dreams come true. So uh, they'll help you in every way that they can. And we're even going to have a little plushie with oh. with him <laughs> he's coming out with a book as well so we're excited about crutch because he's on crutches and um I, i'm really excited about that because we i've worked a little bit with autistic kids too because they every kid needs to smile and be happy um but i really have this this hankering to get kids involved in how they can you know, talk about stuff and learn stuff and, and create their own habits that would make them happy. You see these kids that are, you know, at cancer centers and the, the autistic kids and they, they, they struggle so much, whether it's through therapies that they're doing or schools that they have to go to. And um, I think with with the positive, enthusiastic just you know enjoy the ride while you're here type of thing and no matter what you got friends they'll help you do whatever your dream is your dreams can come true and I, I really look forward to expanding more into the the children's realm <laughs> of things as well and to the corporate world and more of the retirement centers because the the elderly are just um they're so much fun they're just a blast their stories are just there's there's so much and a lot of them have had their spouses die that they were married to like for 65 years or 58 years and there was one gentleman I have to share this with you real quick uh he had just lost his wife like three months prior to me going there for a workshop and of course he was still sad and he kind of cried as he was talking but he goes you know I can't complain about anything in my life he goes I had a great life I got to grow up on a farm. I had a horse. I married my childhood sweetheart. We were together for 58 years or 65 years or whatever. We had great kids. And yeah, she's gone. But you know what? I realized she left such a legacy and so many people that loved her that I didn't even know about. How could I be sad? And I thought, wow, that's a great, you need to write a book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was so cool. And uh, I thought that was just a wonderful, you know, thing to say that, and he goes, and she just passed away, you know, three months ago or whatever it was. It's like, wow, that's awesome. Uh, but they were so in love and had, had such a great life as far as he was concerned. It was just, it was perfect. There was nothing to, to complain about. And he wasn't going to, he missed her. He was always going to miss her, of course, but uh, he goes, I, she, she just was a wonderful woman and, I, I can't be sad about anything in my life. It's like, wow, that's really, really cool. So really you learn that stuff from those guys, you know? So now I want to ask you a personal question. What gives okay. you happiness and fulfillment in your life right now? Oh, well, it's really hard to, to pinpoint that. Cause I think there's, I think the, the gratefulness and kindness in my life, um, wonderful people that I've run across uh, in my lifetime I think about now and then but right this very minute I am I'm just like I said I'm so happy to be here 
That's the first and foremost thing. And I look back and it's like, you know, okay, so two heart attacks and major surgery. And I got this, this thing that I have to deal with all the time called vasospasms, which is Charlie horses around my heart that there's nothing they can do about it. I just have to learn to live with it. And they're not fatal usually. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So, you know, carry nitro with me all the time. And I think, wow, that's okay. Cause I've been, so I was in a couple car accidents when I was a kid. My mom thought I was dead on one of them because the car rolled over on me. And uh, I was the youngest one at the time, I think, or maybe my younger, one of my younger brothers was born, but uh, my sister always tells me, yeah, she's yelling at me. Where's Kathy? Where's Kathy? And we, they found me under the car. They had, they had rolled over and I was under the car and she pulled me out. She thought I was dead. I had all this red stuff over all, on me, found out it was transmission fluid. And I sleep really calm and, and solid. And I guess when they finally try to get me awake, it's like, leave me alone, man. I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was only about two. <laughs> But uh, so I lived through that. There's a couple other things that I've lived through and, uh, and, you know, I'm doing great with my heart. And I think my life is blessed. I've, I've got great kids. I've, I've got a great life. Um, there's things that I deal with daily, just like everybody else does. And it's like, I don't care. That's not what defines me. What defines me is what I want to do, my purpose in life and who I am through family and friends. And, you know, I've got great siblings. I'm here for them. They're here for me. And I've got two great little dogs and my kids are great. You know, it's just life in general. And I love what I do. I really love what I do. I can't stop. I, I wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, I should do this. I mean, I just thought I need a little jar that people can reach into and they need to write all these happiness things down and put them in. It's going to be called a happiness jar. And then when they're feeling not happy, they can pull something out and go, oh, yeah, you know, I need I, I have a great family or, you know, joyful or whatever it might be that they want to put in there. And things just keep popping in my head. So obviously I must enjoy it. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I can't I don't think anything is ever perfect. And, uh, you know, I am older. I wish I would have done this when I was much younger. But I don't know if I would have been ready to do it when I was much younger because I didn't go through all this stuff. So it all ends up being the way it should be. And as long as I can wake up in the morning, be grateful that I'm here and know that I have a choice no matter what's going on, that I can choose to be happy, deal with whatever is not going right, and just continue on. I, like my sister, and I didn't tell you, she's also been diagnosed with breast cancer. And she had to put all that off to deal with her husband that ended up not going so well. So now she still has to do her surgery. And so she's got all this stuff going on and she just keeps on trucking. And it's like, man, my sister's my hero. <laughs> I don't know if I could have done all that in the last six to eight weeks of everything that she's done. But um, yeah, I, I've got, I can't wake up and go, oh, this life sucks. It just, it, it couldn't happen. You know, even if it was a bad day, it doesn't, I've got, great husband, great kids, great grandkids, and a great business that I do because it makes people happy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for all your wisdom and your stories. Thank you. It was a, it was fun. I enjoyed it very much. And um, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to the new year. It's going to be awesome. I think everybody is looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So a, a wonderful rest of the year. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. However you do it. Uh, I think it's a joyful season. And um, I, I, I think people are ready to to be. They want to be happy. I think everybody wants to be happy now. We've had our mess of years behind us with the sicknesses and everything going on I think it's it's time it's really time yeah yeah so I have one last question before we complete sure what is your best advice on living an incredible amazing life my best advice I I really think it's going to be it's got to be you choose positive and be enthusiastic but you have to be kind I think a kind heart and kind things have such movement in the world. If you are kind, so many things happen in a good way. That ripple just doesn't stop. So I think if you are positive, enthusiastic about life and everything that you do, and you have that kindness in you, that's going to, that's the way to be happy and fulfilled. And you, and, on the, on the other side, you do have to know your purpose. I think if you want a happy life, you have to know why you're here. You have to know what your purpose is. And uh, that's also part of it. It's kind of like baking a cake. You got to have all these little ingredients to make sure it's a happy, fulfilled life. Because it doesn't just happen. You have to choose. You know, I know I was reading the thing about Coca-Cola and he, I, I didn't know this. He was, he was working on a, a headache. Uh, pill or something to to get rid of headaches he wanted a a pain reliever for headaches and it just wasn't working it wasn't working it wasn't working and he can't I mean it was months and he left the thing in his lab thought he'd get back to it later because whatever he was doing just wasn't working and he came in one day and the two lab techs were drinking it (laughs) and it's like what are you doing he goes we really like the flavor we just added water to it and it tastes pretty darn good (laughs) what so he tasted it, he thought hey this is good and then he carbonated it and there you go it's coke instead of a headache reliever mm-hmm. um you know you just you, you just got to be enthusiastic and positive and think good things make those choices and know that failure is just one step closer to being a, a success know that you, there are rough times it's life you know it's not it's not a what do they call it a pollyanna type world you know there's there's going to be something that happens and uh, hopefully we can get through it and be positive afterwards because we've learned from it that I think being an enthusiastic positive attitude person with that kindness wrapped all up in it as well then uh, you're going to be a, a happy person all right thank you so much Kathy thank you thank you for having me this has been great it's been such a pleasure I really appreciate it Yep, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, you have a great evening. And if I don't talk to you before Thanksgiving, have a great Thanksgiving.